0: Hi, everyone, and welcome back to High Noon Sundays. My name is Siobhan Danger-Darwish, and I will be your host. It is April 14th, 2020, and society as we know it has drastically changed. I have found myself treating others with more compassion, being more sympathetic and patient. That is why I was shocked last week when I was faced with old-world male chauvinistic bullshit. Needless to say, I turned down that job. I smoked a joint, and I smudged the air. To erase the incident, I turned on one of my favorite podcasts, Delic Radio, with Jackie Stang. It was episode five, Triggers, Traumas, and Gratitude. In the beginning of the episode, Jackie sings, You don't own me. So if you can imagine the scenario now, I'm in my living room, singing at the top of my lungs, and dancing. And of course, it helped. Feeling... Absolutely liberated. I listened to the rest of the episode and was very impressed. Never forget that you are not alone. And though we can't be there to hug it out, we can definitely talk it out, share our experiences, and through this, become united. Jackie Stang has long been acquainted with podcast media, and her new podcast, Delic Radio, is making major waves in the psychedelic community. Welcome, Jackie. We are so happy to have you here on High Noon Sunday.
1: Hi, Siobhan. Hi, Hi. Siobhan's listeners. Hi, Grow uh, Sisters audience. Um, super honored to be here. And again, the the feminine energy that you represent with your brand while still getting shit done is, is, is an energy <laughs> that I like to emulate. And so mazel tov, congratulations on that. Cheers um, to us, Jackie. <laughs> Cheers to you as well. Same. Hey, man. It's a it's a tough life. Um, and then again, <laughs> it's not. It's tougher for a lot of other people right now. But um, it all started. <laughs> it all started um, in the '80s, right? In New Hampshire. That's where I was born. I, fun fact, was born effectively on a zoo in New Hampshire called Animal Cracker cracker park my biological father who's not no longer with us he was an alcoholic and a, unfortunately a very sad man um he and my mother had um a wild animal park in new hampshire and that's interesting because it kind of sets the stage for the erratic but also like kind of carny life that i've uh, tra- traversed since then and that's brought me here in a, wearing a red cowboy hat uh, with my Delic gear on and uh, through the cannabis space and now the psychedelic space. But I professionally started in Houston um, raising money for the Catholic Church. And that's where I got my chops. And I'm so grateful for that experience. I mean, we're talking raising millions and millions of dollars for underserved, mostly people without health care in marginalized societies in the Houston, Texas area. And that quickly um, moved into a position at Malaria No More in, well actually before that was a a Palmer drug abuse program. And I say that because it's interesting that I'm working in psychedelics now, having raised money for young teenagers who had drug abuse issues back in Texas. And then Malaria No More in London, which led me to New York, my first love. Shout out to New York right now. Oh, they're going through oh. a hard time. My first love. Um, and that's where I I was working as a producer on Bulletproof Radio, I don't know, eight years ago now. And that's become a um, $100 million startup, whereas when I was there, it was five of us. And got a lot of startup chops there. And then met my now partner, Matt Stang, a.k.a. Yeah, magazine, magazine guy, um, on a night in New York, actually the day he got his ankle bracelet off um, from a, temp- a conspiracy to, con- to distribute cannabis uh, in the Ooh. New York area. <laughs> um, yeah, it's all very dramatic. And then I became the VP of programming at high times there for many years. And that man, I fucking love that brand high times is like really taught me about brand stewardship and that businesses have owners and brands have stewards. And there's Mm. often a lot of people who fight about the business side of who owns what Mm. stock and prices and money and shares and all of that bullshit. But then there's like the living, breathing entity of a brand that has an audience and the stewardship that's required to nurture that if you care about it. And um, oh, man, and that high time story, the brand story, too, from the 70s, Tom Frassade, the original founder, who most people don't know about, um, but was like a super cowboy, quailude loving bipolar maniac who (laughs) smuggled weed (laughs) clippings from Europe and even farther east to New York um, and then needed to sell those. So he started a magazine to sell and that eventually turned into the high times that you know today. Wow. Yeah.
2: Well, Um, I'm so glad that I didn't just start telling your story because I knew that there were (laughs) years and times previous to you know us connecting uh through high times through cannabis and what a wild interesting ride you've been on so so you're with high times at this point and then you decide to yeah I
1: I had look I'm a gypsy I like to move I like to attack projects really live and breathe it for about three years. And then I like to move on and if I can. And so I had, um, I'd been working to build more of a female type quality to high times content at the time. Now there have been tons of very strong women behind the scenes at high times since the, its inception. Um, but you didn't necessarily see that on the pages. And it was, you know, right before the Time's Up movement and all these sort of fourth wave uh, feminism. And I thought, well, let's speak to the female consumer. I remember even this was maybe three years ago now (laughs) getting some pushback about, you know, the female consumer not not buying weed or not being the demographic that really buys cannabis, which is obviously total horseshit. Um, because the female consumer is responsible for buying a lot of big ticket items in the household, or just a lot of items in the household. They control the purse strings for in large part. and um, and so I, I did my best there with the resources I had. and and uh, eventually, towards the end, we created this amazing homage to a lot of the work we had done. Um, that was like a bed of weed, Asia Tabor, shout out to Asia Tabor, who, Tabor who's a very talented cannabis, like um, micro macro lens cannabis um, creator here in Los Angeles. She, she curated this like bed of cannabis. And then we had a model um, who kind of emulated the Venus look. Um, we took shots of her and and long story short, that actually was nixed. didn't make the didn't make the cut for the the women of weed issue that I had planned. Um, it was just a really weird time in the world. People were scared, and it was an, you know, well, it was like a group of men who told me it was sexist,
2: um, and which so is we did <laughs> crazy, which is crazy, right? And so I have to, I got to actually see this. Uh, cover that never made it to being a cover but I got to stand by it and you know put my face in it I have some photos that that I'll show but that was a beautiful shot I thought it was actually very classy for high times which is right um oh, yeah. but the the party itself was I mean just stunning I was so happy to be on the 100 thank you for that Jackie thank you that was being recognized for you know being a farmer which is kind of rare here and there especially in the larger cannabis scene i think that a lot more you know good attention than the farmers <laughs> it's nice to be recognized but
1: it is and i think um, you're i think small farmers too are, are gonna about to have a comeback with the corona epidemic because of sheer force and that's a good thing finally
2: absolutely because we couldn't absolutely. get people to
1: do it voluntarily so now the mother nature is just like, fuck you. I'm going to force you to do a lot of things then.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. And a lot of things that were really needed and good for us. I hate to say that, but you know, it's like a kind of a wake up call for everyone. Right. Um, well, I love hearing about your progression in your business because you are a woman that I have admired for quite some time. Um, any advice that you ever give has been golden I really have appreciated you know watching you bloom and our friendship and seeing all the great things that you've been doing um so from high times you you know kind of uh morphed into your own thing and that blew up
1: yeah it was time I think when you're a creative person or you're a producer type you, you spend a lot of time and you get a lot of your chops pushing other people's creative ideas into the forefront and nurturing them. And that is essential. Okay. You have to do that in my view to learn. Um, and hopefully you're always doing that because we're a community and we're here to support one another or ideas that we believe in. And so, but it had come, you know, had this painful creative experience that, ultimately led me here so I'm wildly grateful for it and while grieving the loss of um, that sort of high times experience I went to Burning Man not to sound cliched but I went to Burning Man and man what whatever you want to say about Burning Man is cool except that it is the best party ever in the history of the world up to date, or that since in my lifetime, it's just the best fucking party, man. And, um, it really inspires human ingenuity and our ability to be creative. And so that really yeah. pushed me in the direction of, okay, well now push your own creative ideas forward. And as a, as a female, you know, I'm sexually, I'm female. Okay. I have female parts. um, And I identify as female, but I have a lot of masculine energy too. And so I've, my, a lot of my learning in the last five years has been how to step into that female power in the most authentic way possible while actually getting shit done. And, and so you know, Delic is a, I'm learning through healing that that's basically what Delic is. And I came back from Burning Man and thought, and I have a, you know, I have a 22 year personal experience with plant medicine. Um, I kind of joke and say that these are my friends and I don't want to sound flippant or pollyanna about that because they're really powerful. Okay. And they should be thoughtful. They should be, um, considered thoughtfully but i i love them <laughs> and in the same way people love cannabis and cannabis wasn't always actually my like substance of choice i consume it i microdose it and i fucking love it visually and the like the way it smells and touches like the way it feels and the way it tastes um and then even just 2 years ago now there was so much wonderful research being done about psychedelics and how they can help mental health, how they can affect PTSD in positive ways, and more much more than we got with cannabis outside of Israel. And I thought, oh, okay, well, I'm like this mainstream gal from middle America, and I'm a citizen scientist, but I'm I'm not an actual academic scientist and I wanna consume this information and I can't fucking understand what they're saying, okay? So if I can't understand it, I'm sure there's millions of other people just like me who wanna consume it, can't understand it. How do we reinterpret this information visually so that it's cool, fun, and educational? Because like learning should be fun. Like most people hate school, why? Because it's not fun. That doesn't mean they don't wanna learn. Um, and so Delic is that Delic is the parent company of um, a big, a big umbrella corporation. I very specifically called it Delic Corp because I thought, Oh, I love the irony of a psychedelic corporation. That's going to just irritate people. I love that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> They're
1: going to be like, Oh no, corporate, corporate America. Oh. and whatever. I come from corporate America. That's where I got my chops. Like, just capitalism isn't all bad. There's a lot. There's a lot of it that sucks. Um, trust me, but it's not all bad, and it's the the world we live in. So, yeah, Delic um, Delic is the parent company, and we create safe, innovative, beautifully branded platforms for people to have civil discourse
2: about psychedelic culture. I love that. I love that. How exciting is that? And so, under this umbrella is a conference that is coming up and tons and tons of content, uh, educational content. And also, you are moving into an e commerce under yeah. Gaelic. Wow.
1: Yeah. So, our first acquisition was Reality Sandwich, reality sandwich.com which like, oh my God, what a fun name, right? That was a website started in 2000, well, 12 years ago, you do the math, by a bunch of really intellectual free thinkers. And it was a really good idea for five years. And then as things happen, people forgot about it. You know, they couldn't run it as a business. And so, so it kind of died there on the vine, unnurtured. And I guess seven years after that, we we were offered, you know, hey, do you want do you want to acquire this brand and, and re-nurture it back to health? And I just love the name. So I thought, hell, yeah. So that's um that's reality dot com. And that's got about 10,000 pieces of content. OK, so you have to go into the search bar and dig. And it's a really good search, en- search engine, actually, but it's a site about consciousness, psychedelic culture, weird, fringy stuff, and um, a super fun place to be. And really represents me um, as a person who grew up in the late 80s and early 90s. Um, and then we uh, meetdelic Delic. MeetDelic.com is um, is an event that's going to happen eventually. <laughs> It was scheduled to be May 2nd and 3rd in downtown Los Angeles. And it was the first ever psychedelic wellness summit that brought wellness visionaries together with psychedelic visionaries in the same unique space so that they could perform essentially psychedelic information for an audience, leaving them inspired and hopefully um, informed enough to go and tell their friends about... Psychedelic culture, the truths about psychedelics and their potential to help people. And so you can find out more about that at Medelic.com. And then um, uh, we're doing a a free online event called Bicycle Day. Um, Bicycle Day is essentially a a holiday to celebrate the discovery of LSD by Albert Hoffman um, in the late 1940s. He discovered it in 38 and then realized he discovered it a few years later. And as the story goes, he gave himself approximately 20 times the, like the recommended dose um, of LSD and didn't realize it until on his way home when he was riding his bike. And um, the story continues from there. So we're going to tell people about that story and kind of how it's, um, evolved um, since then and that's free online and you'll be able to find out more about it on Meet. um collect donations to send out to affiliated research um, organizations for psychedelic research and then and sorry this is like a, I feel like this is like a commercial uh, but it's
2: uh, <laughs> but, I know but it's needed, it's needed. Um,
1: the Delic The Delic is, um, is an e-commerce platform. They're calling it, you know, it's like someone called it in the media, the goop for psychedelics. And sure, that's cool. What it really is, is like what Jackie would want at her house, at her fingertips, living a psychedelic lifestyle. And my whole thesis here is that like life is psychedelic. Okay. So substances are one thing, but I'm standing here talking to you, also staring at the Pacific Ocean on a beautiful sunny day during one of the worst um, epidemics that we'll see in our lifetime. Like, that shit is trippy already. And your world is trippy. We grow humans inside of our bodies. Like, we are the aliens that we seek to find, okay? And let's... (laughs) Let's acknowledge that, not take ourselves too seriously, but also, yeah, there's these psychedelic substances that the earth provided for us, to us, and they are like a super hack into gaining perspective and awareness about ourselves in a way that, you know, with like traditional psychotherapy or other long-form methods could take years. It's true. Yeah. And so that's like, that's the bulk of what we're doing. In essence, you know, this is a, it's a creative project to nurture creative ideas and artists and, um, and create new media around psychedelic culture that a mainstream audience would appreciate someone like me and you.
2: Well, I really appreciate what you're doing. I think that it's fantastic. I think that it's very needed and it's I mean, it's so, main, you know, ba- so barely reaching mainstream at this point that you're just right on this brink of, you know, bringing people that education. And we saw this in the cannabis industry, right? You know, with legalization, people became curious. They started looking for, you know, correct uh, information. And now there's tons and tons and tons and tons of information out there, but which information is the correct information? And I really just, Applaud you for going the distance, you and your team, the Delic team, going the distance to find, you know, the proper speakers, the proper educators, um, for putting together things such as uh, your bi- bicycle day celebration. I definitely will be tuning into that. At MeetDelic.com. Super excited for that. Yay! Um, yeah. Yeah, it's very exciting what you're doing, Jackie. I I know that was like a a whole lot, but it's very (laughs) Did you guys like my spiel? (laughs) It was a spiel and it was good because, you know, there's so much and so many questions now have, you know, come out of it, but I am just so excited to see that content and to, you know, be a part of what you're doing to continue to educate ourselves as we can reflect on what has happened in the cannabis industry and how that is going to be affecting the psychedelic industry. And, you know, of course, we're always like watching those words, you know, is it psychedelic wellness? Is it psychedelic healing? Is it psychedelic movement? Are we in an industry? And I really appreciate that. You called it an industry because that's what it is. These are corporations. <laughs> this, is, this is an industry. This is what we're moving into. And what, you know, even though those words kind of have like a scary meaning to them, what they're really saying is that we're going to legalize directly. And so, you know, good for you for being on the front lines of that. I really admire where you're going with this. Um, I wanted to ask as a advocate for psychedelic healing. What is some advice that you would give the novice that's interested in getting, you know, their first step into even understanding or taking that first step into possibly going on their own journey of psychedelic healing?
1: Yeah, well, thank you. And Listen, I, I will say this, too. It's not to people listening who are entrepreneurs or future entrepreneurs. It's not easy. It's not easy at all. Um, as you know, Siobhan, like starting a business, a brand is heartbreaking, um, especially at the beginning, because you're climbing up a giant Mount Everest, and you feel super alone and isolated. And so it's it's helpful to do um, things like this and talk to one another and share, if for no other reason, just to get it off of our chests. Um, that can be super healing. And um, yeah, I just wanted to give that little tidbit. But okay, so. In terms of advice, I can only speak from my own personal experience. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm not whatever. But even those people, okay, aren't really the experts who need to tell you what to do. In And I'm in the middle of my journey, and I hope that I never finish my journey, okay, because it's, like, super fun. But lessons I've learned recently is that when you seek out, advice beyond yourself you seek out gurus you seek out shamans you seek out saviors outside of yourself to solve that hole to solve that problem just like you see a lot of people do in relationships um it it doesn't work okay so it teaches you a lot of really painful lessons and that for me goes the same is the same with Psychedelic substances or plant medicine, so it's a very personal experience. I tried and failed a lot of times, and especially back when I was younger, as a teenager, going to raves in, you know, Austin, Texas, which was like so fun and so amazing, but a lot safer as a recreational market than we have now for young people, and. It might be surprising, but my recommendation is to, like, take a step back, stop, don't do any substances right away because, A, they're going to be there, okay? So, there's, like, no rush, especially if you're if you're talking about, like, something like LSD and you're under 26. Um, give your brain some time to form. Like, we haven't done enough research on any of these substances yet to know long-term effects. Like you can know in your heart. I know having done them for 22 years. Um, but there's a lot of bad out there. There's a lot that can actually physically harm you or take time away from your life. And what, you're, what, what we're doing here is we're using psychedelic substances, hopefully to improve your life or upgrade your life experience when you're not on them. Okay, the goal is just to be. Not always be high in my, in is that's my opinion. And so research, man, like ask people in the same way that you, if you were to like spend, like buy a house, okay. Which is an example because that's a large ticket item. Um, probably the most expensive item that most people um, have in their lifetime. Like do your research and honor yourself enough to, go online. Um, You can go to realitysandwich.com. That has a ton of information. We have a bunch of guides up there. High Times, some of the earliest um, magazines at High Times were about getting high, not just cannabis. So there's information there. But honestly, asking people, that's the best way. Like asking people you trust. And don't do anything if it feels, if it feels any kind of wrong. And so this is also when you get into the the esoteric language of like set and setting which can seem kind of redundant and repetitive but it's so important okay like where you're at and who you're with matters a lot when consuming anything I think cannabis too and
2: I love that you are bringing this up this is 100% my great answer Jackie my My answer to this question, if it was reversed to me, some advice for the novice, it would my first and foremost would be educate yourself. Educate yourself, educate yourself. And then second, set and setting. I feel like this is something that's not brought up enough. Set and setting. This is huge. And you are so correct. Yes, absolutely. I believe this goes for alcohol. I believe this goes for cannabis. I believe this goes for anything that you are, you know, walking into essentially. You don't want to be in a place that you don't want to be, and especially not high on a substance. And so I feel that in my journey with psychedelics, I was becoming more and more aware very quickly, you know, of what my scenery was. And so I I love I love that set and setting. That's something that you hear a lot in the psychedelic community and not so much in cannabis.
1: Well, and yeah, and so think about it this way, like, and we mentioned this before we started recording, but the, or maybe it was a previous call, I don't know, but (laughs) um, paranoia in cannabis, okay, is like a huge thing. And it's a dividing line that I think needs to be addressed because we all know and believe that cannabis is this like super powerful substance that has the potential to heal, okay? But like with anything else, you have to get to know it. It's like a, it's like a riding a bike, or driving a new car, or learning how to paint, or play the guitar. Um, the tricky thing with cannabis is that like every batch is different, every strain is a little different, um, especially today and they're so strong today. Okay. Like we're so far departed from the Jamaican weed, um, of yesterday where, where the THC content was like 40% less, um, or more than it is today. And so if you, if you think about cannabis and how powerful it is, and, and people forget that it's, it's like doing yourself a disservice and and creating a like a distortion of disrespect for yourself when you don't take the time to consider your audience, consider the set and setting. And like nobody wants to have a bad time, but if you're in like a janky social situation, it's not necessarily the weed that made it bad, okay? The weed is just like this really potent plant that shone a light, you know? It just like did a highlight. It's like, hello, get out Look of here! Look around.
2: <laughs> I love smoking weed alone, man. Oh, constantly, daily, daily. I because I grow my own, I smoke an incredible amount of cannabis. Um, You know, and uh, all this free time on my hand, I have to be very careful because I find myself smoking six or seven joints versus, you know, the three that I usually do um, during the day, you know, and so one of the things that I've been doing to keep myself sane and on track is simply keeping a schedule and, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of trying to, to be on that, so Yeah. How have you been holding up? So I'm really privileged. Look,
1: I'm not going to lie. Like I, I live here on the beach in Venice. I stare at the Pacific ocean and I'm kind of an introvert always have been. So not much has changed for me, but when you are an introvert or you're an empathic person and you like to be alone, that means that you then get to be alone with like your doubt monster or your your little negative Nancy who lives in your head. Okay. So it can be, um, it can be tumultuous for people that have that temperament because it, when you're quiet and forced inside that voice can really be prominent. Um, I've really enjoyed this forceful downtime. I'm actually working more, (laughs) and producing more. I think, you know, we, we talked about this, I think you are too, I hope everyone is. And for me, it's like I live this privileged life and I'm so grateful and I see it as a goddamn duty. It is my duty to take this time and to do everything I can to get better physically and mentally so that when we're at the end of this thing, I become a useful member of my community in a way that I wasn't before. Otherwise it's sort of like gluttonous and lazy. So I'm just like, I'm producing as much as I can. I exercise, you know, you gotta move that energy. We talk about movement as like, oh, it's this chore. Um, But just like with um, consuming psychedelics or cannabis, right? Think about it as like you're an antenna for this energy life force that exists all around you whether you want to admit it or not. Okay. And and you then have to kind of move it. You know? And that's and so um I find that exercise is really helpful for that. And um yeah man. And stay eating eating well.
2: Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. So staying busy, eating well and movement fantastic yeah even if it's like so I
1: stretch all day okay and I like do handstands and I'll like stand I was a dancer for many years so I'll like stand on the front of my foot and it's like we get into these traps where it's like if I don't move for 60 minutes a day that I haven't exercised that's bullshit that's just like a story you're telling yourself what the world's telling yourself like newsflash you are here alive you can do anything you want If you're for the most part, if you're privileged in the Western world, like welcome to the human race, like use it and and really like home and what you're doing now is we're kind of like in quarantine. We're at like we're at like a boot camp. okay, and we're (laughs) we're chiseling our own light so that when this is done, we can come out and shine the light on all the bullshit shadows that we're all feeling um, these days.
2: Yes, absolutely. I love that and be contributing members of society, shining that light. I think that we are all going to come out of this with a a large awakening. I think this is going to be a large awakening for all of us. Wow, Jackie, that was so cool. Thanks for sharing that. That's so it's so exciting to hear about all your new projects and things that are happening for you. Um, as the psychedelic space gets larger and becomes more prevalent um, it becomes legal in more states and, and whatnot um, what is your suggestion to women entering the psychedelic space <sighs> <laughs> and i'm going to light up for this one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah light up right so I, this is like an, a running thesis for me. Okay. I, again, identify as a female. I like being female and I like connecting with women. But in my experience professionally and personally, women are really difficult. Okay. And that's not in a negative way. That's not, you know, we're complex creatures. And we're fight, we've been fighting our own epidemic well, way beyond and before the coronavirus. And, and yet it's that feminine energy, the yin and the yang, right? We've done masculine in the world for long enough. And it's that feminine energy that collectively, we need to come together on or at least in large part right we're not always going to agree and that's okay and we're not going to like be friends just because we're women okay um but i like the idea of women of a certain age who've graduated beyond puberty and who have gotten a few fell down a few times in life and who have worked on themselves enough to become women there's a lot of women, I say that in quotes, walking around, they're just big girls, okay, and they're just causing problems for the movement. What we need is this, like, realized feminine energy, and you consider yourself a representation of that. You are not that. We are that collectively, but you are an antenna and a representation of that, and you, it's your duty to honor that and to find a way to be graceful and strong and soft and hard and teach by doing and enough of this like fucking female drama hurting each other and and gossiping about each other and tearing each other down i mean that's going to continue to happen because there's a lot of, there's billions of people in the world and just like math <laughs> for math sake sake it's like you know we're not going to extinguish that kind of a shadow but I think that, you know, the cannabis world always had that feminine energy in it. It's the female plant that produces the bud that we love so much, okay? Um, And there were always women behind the men doing the black market stuff, okay? But in the psychedelic space, you know, I don't think it's going to look exactly like cannabis. I I can't imagine that we're going to have, like, I hope we never have, like, a med men type dispensary situation for psychedelics. But it is budding. It is an emerging space and we have the opportunity now for strong women who have learned lessons and feel that like core energy from the earth to come into it and teach what teach the lessons that we learned in cannabis but also teach like the men how how it can be and not because we told you so but because we all like we all want to chill and have like a good time. Okay. And like be less stressed out about the world. And the way to do that is to bring that smart, strong, feminine energy and, um, that wise feminine energy. So there's a bunch of opportunities to do that. I would just say like, like make, like be true to as a female, be true to your potential and make sure that you, have done the work before stepping in to the light. Um, Cause if not, you're just gonna get like trampled over. Um, yeah.
2: I agree. Same with cannabis industry. This is a question that I get asked often, um, five or six that I get asked um, on the reg. And there was a time in the cannabis space where I was just, just get in, 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 you know, and then everything was kind of like imploded on itself for a second pre-virus happening. You know, the cannabis industry was like, oh shit, you know, and then we've had this crazy turn and now I would advise in the same way, know your shit, back it up and, and come in with respect. Come in with respect because we are be- finally being recognized and, and for our work and as an equal. And I think that the cannabis space is really representing that. And I hope that that is a reflection to the psychedelic space, which I totally think that it can and should and will be for us in the future. So I'm excited. I'm excited to watch you pave this beautiful golden brick road that you are paving from the <laughs> gateway drug of cannabis express into psychedelic realms oh man well I'm, I'm definitely
1: not paving it there are many people before me I'm just like I'm just getting on the ride man and I'm doing I'm using the tools I have and keeping my head down and carving carving my it's like it's an art form right um business it gets a bad rap a lot of time but business is an art form and um and I'd say that it's gonna be a long exciting ride and like mad love to all the people who've come before us um who've like laid the bricks and and also dorothy for um <laughs> for, for, for her bringing her friends to the Absolutely. yellow brick road
2: <laughs> to, to, all, of to, all, to, of to all of us, to all of us to all of us to jackie's staying Yeah, thank you so much for being on High End Sundays, girl. That was Uh, fun. I love, what what a fantastic load of information you just dropped into the world of cannabis. And we're gonna be able to just like talk more about this and experience this more together and watch these two industries, you know, parallel each other and like grow together and learn from each other and explode. We're we're on
1: the precipice, man, of like, you know, another 1930s um, where the art is good. The art is already starting to be amazing. Thank goodness. I'm so excited and the creativity and we're going to solve problems and we're going to fucking go to Mars and ultimately, we're gonna realize that it's not the psychedelic, it's not the cannabis, it's not the it's not the sex. It's well, maybe the sex, but you know, it it's not the it's not the chocolate, it's not the whatever. It's like the you, right? We we are the magic, and we just have to like accept that,
2: and like do cool shit. We are the magic. Cheers to cool shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everyone, go check out meetdelic.com, thedelic.com, Jackie Sang, realitysandwich.com, High Noon. Drop it, girl. All of this information will be in the bio below. Join us in August, either virtually or in person. Hopefully in person. We'll give, like, elbow high fives or something. I don't know how it'll work out, but we'll see. I'm going to put on a show.
1: I'm going to put on a show one way or another. Shout out to the people in the cannabis community like now's your time to 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 be a part of the, the future psychedelic conversation you've earned it
0: and we need your voices all right cannabis community you heard it straight from Jackie Stang's mouth your voice is needed in the psychedelic space so definitely go educate yourself on what is bicycle day Meet Delix event is coming up this Sunday, April 19th at 11 o'clock Pacific Standard Time. Drop in to their Zoom, Facebook, or YouTube. The link is in the bio. Figure out what bicycle day is. Pretty awesome in psychedelic healing. Also, thank you so much for joining me on High Noon Sundays. I have been ecstatic to share this journey with you. Thank you, Grow Sisters Media, for hosting this podcast, and thank you all for tuning in. Drop a comment, What were you smoking on this high noon Sundays?